When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Daily Thrones fans, we're back on the air today, and we have a returning guest, he assures me. I've done so many shows, I don't even remember Jay on the show, but that's not because he's not memorable. He's one of the more memorable voices in this geek world. It is Jay Washington. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. Thank you for having me back again. I'd remind uh, you. Yeah, no, I, you know, you know, I, 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 it's not that you're not easy to forget. I, I just, that, but I have to remind you, you, you yeah. do a lot of stuff, so I understand. Yeah. All right, season seven is over. Season eight is coming yes. on. All right, I got to ask you. I got to ask you. First, let me start. I think you'll have a good take on this. Jon Snow and Daenerys getting it on. What's your take on that? It was the incest scene that you were like, I really want to see happen. But then you, you, were, want, like, you, were, you were You were rude for it, but you were like, wait, I shouldn't be happy. No, get it. Oh, this is disgusting. You touch yourself. You're like, I need to bath and bathe and scrub myself. Because you was like, yes, this is so sexy. I shouldn't say this is sexy. It's, it's, it's a lot of emotions leading up to it. It's a lot of emotions. And, and then just watching it. And then you watch them lay together. You're like, yes. oh, this is ha- this happened. When that door opens, I was like, I can't believe we're here. <laughs> like, we made it to this point. We're going to do this. A lot to take from season seven. But looking ahead to season seven, season eight, eight. Uh, what are you expecting out of those six episodes? What do you, how, how fast do you want this war to come? How long do you want it to last? Well, what do you see? Well, happening? because they said every episode is going to be like a movie now. Yeah. So I think we're going to get some slow roll in maybe the first 10, 15 minutes, and that's it, yeah. of each episode. I think yeah. maybe some slow the first 10 to 15 minutes, and the rest is just boom, 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 hitting you right over the head. Right. It hits you so hard over the head after the first episode to the second episode when you're ready for it. All right, here's a recap. Mm. Calm, calm down. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Until the very final episode, I think it's going to be go all the way through. Do you think, do you Do you want, maybe not think, it, it's, it might be a separate question. Do you want some time after the final war to see what happens in the world? Kind of, not necessarily Return of the King's 17 endings, but, or do you want just this to end cold? I think you, you end it. I mean, it's you let us know that it's done. The yeah. story is complete. Right. Many things nowadays don't want to complete the story. Correct. We end this. We end whoever ha- who sits on the Iron Throne, which we know who it should be. Yeah. But we see who sits on the Iron Throne. Life goes to the way it is. And that's it. Let it be that. Everything doesn't have to be a continuation. It doesn't have to carry on and drag out. You don't want Journey to start playing and Tony Soprano looks up. <laughs> All of a sudden the lights come back on. You're like, what the hell? Like the, 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 the Iron Throne is standing and John and Danny are walking towards it and then we fade out. And, and that was it. Right, yeah. we fade out. All of a sudden the lights go dark and then somebody just says, winter. You're like, what? What, what? <laughs> what was your, one of your favorite moments from season seven? Uh, when they when they pulled the dragon out of the Iceland. Yeah. I, that was one of the best, because I was like, they're going to do this. Matter of fact, when the Night King, when he threw the spear, yeah. I was like, see, that's what you need in the Olympics, because that was a javelin throw. He, I wanted a little more follow-through on his arm, but it was he didn't need it. His he was like a knuckleball. His form was amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, might not have been, you know, grade-A Olympic-style form, yeah. but when he he walked over and was like, all right, let me go look at this. Let me look. <laughs> the arm the out. Win. And I was like, okay, maybe he'll miss. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't. I was like, oh. 
So you say your favorite moment is them pulling out the dragon, which I love that moment. You're not worried about the chains, right? No, I'm not. I wasn't worried about the chains. I wasn't worried about the chains. They got them. I was like, they got chains. I'm good. Like, let them do this. It's about yeah. seven hundred thousand of them. They strong enough. Let's handle this. Yeah. I wasn't worried about that. I, the dragon thing because it was interesting to see how they were going to make it look yeah. and where they were going to go with it. That was the biggest thing for me. And we know where they went. They burned that wall. Yo, they did like some fire ice, some some earth wind and fire ice. Yeah. Crossfire. <laughs> Crossfire. Yeah. But it was amazing. The the graphic design, the CGI they put behind that was amazing. To tear the whole wall down. Yeah. I was like, yo, this looks like The Walking Dead. He watches <laughs> down. What final seconds here? What do you think the Night King really wants? What's his motivation? What's his end game? If it's that whole Bram is the Night King and he's trying to just not, get, I don't want, that. I don't, I don't want that because it's too obvious. Yeah. I think he just wants to conquer the South, turn the warm weather cold. Yeah. He's. He doesn't want anything else. Just turn everybody cold. Just walk around in winter wonderland. Just winter wonderland. Winter's arrived. Yep. Jay Washington, I won't forget you on the show this time. I hope not. Because you're amazing. Tell the folks where they can find you. you got a lot of th- cool things you're doing. Yeah, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Jay Washington. M-R-J-A-Y-W-A-S-H-I-N-G-T-O-N. And check out the Trusty Sidekick Podcast with myself and Bobby Hill, iTunes, and everywhere else. Absolutely. That's it, guys. You guys let me know. What do you feel? What does that Night King want in Season 8? Talked yesterday here on Daily Thrones of an idea of a book of point of views from different characters, minor characters, and people we haven't even met yet. Discourse inspired by the Star Wars book coming out, a certain point of view, 40 stories from 40 different authors in celebration of Star Wars and New Hope's 40th anniversary. And there's some big characters in there, characters that we know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Tarkin, and so on. But there's also the mouse droid. There's also Big's Dark Letter. A lot of other characters that we uh, haven't really heard from directly, and it's their point of view, the Star Wars story. So I put that out there yesterday. But what would you would you want a Game of Thrones book written by George R. R. Martin? Because we know he has the time of different stories of the characters and events we know but from the point of view of smaller characters. And you guys had some great responses here on Daily Thrones. Hey, Kenan, I'm totally down for a different point of view book by George R. Martin, 100%. I mean, one of the things I liked about the Game of Thrones uh, Telltale game was it was a different point of view from characters we had never met, you know, House Forrester, and I, I liked that. I liked that, you know, they were... Do going through their own thing, but while the red wedding was going on and the purple wedding was going on and all that stuff, I found it very, very fascinating. So I'm definitely down for an anthology book, 100%. Hey, Ken. I would love it if George would write a book about how executioners, about executioners in A World of Ice and Fire and what they go through, maybe some of their stories. Because I did a little research about executioners in medieval times when the show The Bastard Executioner came out. Because I really thought that was going to be similar to A Game of Thrones, really politically intriguing. And I found that the real world uh, stories are like were much better than I thought the show ended up being. And I think that George could adapt these real world politics for executioners in a way in um, Game of Thrones, The Song of Ice and Fire's world, that could make it really interesting. Because it, it really is all about family honor and trying to live a life as an outsider. I find it really interesting. I think George can make a great story about an executioner in his world. Hey, Ken, Kevin Ross. Uh, yeah, the Game of Thrones, uh, a different point of view book. Uh, my character selection would be Bernadette. That's the uh, hen, uh, Cersei's uh, personal handmaiden and uh, right hand in the household. She's seen a lot of important things, has had uh, reported to Cersei on a lot of gossip, and I ultimately believe that she gets taken and is replaced by a faceless man. Uh, so I would like to see 
uh, Bernadette's uh, time in the castle reporting on um, house politics and house drama, and she could be our eyes and ears behind the scenes uh, of how the staff is treated uh, in King's Landing, and ultimately how she how has, she has come to idolize and worship Cersei because she has taken her hairstyle and everything else through each season. Uh, so Bernadette would be my choice uh, for our story. Thanks. Great ideas from you guys there. I uh, do like the uh, mention of the Telltale game by Eric. I played that. It was interesting, and I do think it was mostly interesting because it was characters that we know are actually now, quote, canon. I say quote because canon seems to only factor into the Star Wars world, but it's, it's in the Game of Thrones world as well. Uh, and uh, House Forster and uh, House Whitehills, kind of uh, minor houses that are in the game. There is an actual point where you see the Purple Wedding from the point of view of another character, or at least you hear it. And it's interesting. I like that stuff. And that's why I think it would make a good book. I like Billy's ideas about the executioners of Westeros all through time. I'm sure they could tell some great stories. And Kevin, he's on his Bernadette train again. He believes the faceless men are going to take over Bernadette, maybe even Arya, and that's how she kills Cersei. I like that theory. I can, I can get behind that theory. I don't think it's going to happen. But regardless, Bernadette, Cersei's personal handmaiden, would be an amazing story, an amazing point of view to hear from on the uh, in a book form. She's not necessarily in the books. It's a show kind of thing, but I think it works. I think it works. Just give me Cersei's handmaidens. They know so much. They've seen so much. In fact, Hell, let's do it. You could do a handmaiden's book. Now, there's a handmaiden's tale. There's a handmaiden's tale we all could read. Uh, of uh, Just give all the handmaidens in Westeros. I'm sure they have a lot to talk about. We also got uh, some calls on loose ends in Season 8. Want to play those now? That's something we've been talking about, about loose ends from the show, from Season 7 or even earlier, that might get tied up in episode, uh, season eight in the episodes or maybe ignored or the loose ends that we want. You guys got some great calls. What's up, Ken? What's up, everybody? Uh, in terms of loose ends, what do we need to see? What do we have to see? Well, I made my prediction this past season and I was wrong. I thought we were finally going to meet Howlin' Reed and we have not. When Mira said she was going home, I thought, well, there you go. There's our inn. Maybe she's going to go get Howlin' And uh, maybe, you know, to get him to talk some sense into Bran, he's all weird now. You can help him. Uh, we have to meet him. We absolutely have to meet him. I mean, it just, it seems so strange that we have been introduced to the Reeds and Howlin' Reed plays such a big part in Ned Stark's life or did at one point. We have to meet Howlin' Reed. It's just, it's as simple as that. I'm ready to meet him. I know you're ready to meet him. Let's meet him. Hey, Ken, so talk about the casting you know, news. I, I definitely think it's, it's very possible it's going to have something to do with flashbacks. I think we could definitely see more Leon Stark stuff. Uh, but you said something that, and I pretty much agree with most of it, that we're probably not going to get like major additions to the cast in Season 8, which is totally understandable. But I think there's one exception. I still think it's possible we could still see present-day Holland Reed. Because when John finds out the truth... He might, who knows if he's even going to accept it. He might try to deny it, but Holland Reed is, was at the Tower of Joy. He's someone who can confirm all of this and say, look, I didn't see this you know, in a flashback or anything. I was there. I saw it. It's all true. You are Aegon Targaryen. And, you know, I, I guess we would see Mira Reed again. And that's like, I guess, not really a loose end, but, you know, we know she's out there. So 
definitely think it's possible Holland, Holland Reed could show up. Uh, hey, Ken, uh, tons of love for you here. Uh, keep doing what you do because, you know, us Game of Thrones fans eat it up. Um, my question's regarding what path you think the Army of the Dead will take now that it's past the wall. Um, the Umbers at Last Hearth appear to be, you know, the first wave of attack, but then where? Um, I kind of think Winterfell, you know, as lovely and dreary as the place is, will be left in ruin, uh, you know, at the end of the season, or even within the first few episodes of next season, where the Stark sisters have to find a way to escape the Army of the Dead. So what do you think? Uh, do you think they skip Winterfell and go straight for the jugular that is King's Landing? You know, there's dozens of cities along the way, and I don't know, who knows? Maybe they'll swing by Greywater Watch and give us a nice reunion with Mira and her father, Havlin. Uh Thanks a lot, Ken. Hal and Reed working his way into three phone calls. I thought that was great. You guys all think a lot of whether it might be different topics that we're talking about. Hal and Reed's name comes up. Mark wants to be part of the loose ends. Mark and I were some of the guys that were uh, the voices out here in Game of Thrones land predicting that Hal and Reed would come back. Maester Wolken was the head that we thought might be uh, Hal and Reed in some promotional shots and clips from the trailers. Going into season seven, Hal and Reed is important. He's important to George R. R. Martin's story. He said Holland will come back. Holland was there at the Tower of the Joy, Tower of Joy. He knows. And Eric Monroe's right. Maybe we'll get some casting news on that, but that might confirm that. But I wonder how he'd be f- factored into the story. How would we matter? And that's why David's call is great, because where's the Night King going to go? We need to talk Night King strategy. We've talked about his motivations and his his true end. What's, he, what's his end game? But... What's that Night King strategy? Is he just going to start rolling over castles as he sees them? Going for the last hearth and, and, and the umbers? Is he going to go to the Greywater Watch and run into Howland Reed? And would Howland Reed, they're not known to be great warriors up there, I would, I would think. So maybe uh, Howland Reed runs. Maybe he and Mira show up to Winterfell and, and are there warning everybody. Uh, is the Night King going to move slow? He's got that dragon. He could go fly. You could think that the Night King could just take Viserion and just fly around burning things until he runs into Danny's dragons, and that would be a great air-to-air combat battle. But what is the Night King's strategy going to be? And if Howland Reed shows up, is it just too late? Is it too late in the story? That's what I kind of think. For Howland Reed to show up, I want him so bad. But is Jon Snow at this point really going to need someone to say, Hey, I was there at the Tower of Joy. I know who you are. It's all true. I'd love that moment, but are we going to get it? Let's talk Night King strategy here on Daily Thrones. <laughs> 